are live. Leanne, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Happy 2022. Excellent. So we are live with uh, the IFPA, International Fresh Produce Association in Southern Africa, with the fantastic Leanne Jones. Um, Leanne, what I would say, so Leanne, our broadcast today is going to be about some ag tech, but I think it, what will be very beneficial is just to set the scene about the IFPA. I think if, if people have been living in a closet, they might not know about the, the creation of the um, IFPA. Um, is it okay, Leanne, if, if, uh, if I just give a bit of a, a background, please, to the IFPA, then, and then take your view of that. Leanne, is that okay if I just give that, that bit, of, bit of background, please? Go for it, Max. Okay, so the International Fresh Produce Association, the IFPA, has uh, been created to bring our industry together to create a vibrant future for all of us. They have a fresh outlook on fresh produce, believing it can help solve some of the world's most pressing problems. They are the largest and most diversified international audience serve association serving the entire fresh produce and floral supply chain and the only one to seamlessly integrate world-facing African advocacy and industry-facing support. If you have a place in the fresh produce and floral industry, you have a place in the IFPA. They're here to grow your prosperity. They do this by conducting advocacy, connecting people and ideas and offering guidance that allows us all to take action with purpose and confidence. Each month, if you remember from last year, we're going to be focusing on a major area of South African fresh produce or doing some major deep dive interviews. And it's great to have um, Leanne back on. And Leanne, could you just give us some, a bit of an understanding as to how the um, IFPA has been, been created for those that might not be fully aware, please? Super, Max. So um, at the end of last year, um, the Produce Marketing Association and United Fresh, which are two very large associations representing the fresh produce industry, um, closed their doors as such. And from the 1st of January, the International Fresh Produce Association was formed and created, bringing both of those two legacy associations and the expertise of those associations and the membership base together to form the IFPA. And I think the, the exciting part of it, Max, is, is really is bringing the expertise of the two associations together, um, but also you know, the, the clue is in the name, being international. The real focus of our association is to be an international association, driving advocacy, connecting and guiding the industry. So that's um, where we are. And we've got a shiny new name and an exciting, um, yeah, big plans for the future. Yeah. I think where it's really exciting for all of us and, and this global family of, uh, of fresh produce is, uh, is collaboration. If there's one thing that I've really learned after the last two years, yeah, especially with, your, with yourself and a number of the experts that you kindly brought on on the various broadcasts that you and I have jointly done, is this collaboration. I think the sector of floral and fresh produce is, is unique because of the collaboration that we can create. And so now that we've got the IFPA um, having been created and working on an international basis and seeing the success that you've already created uh, with it. I think it's going to be very exciting times. So, so we need to endorse you. We, we need to collaborate you. We, we need to join with the, with the IFPA. Would that be correct, Leanne? Absolutely, Max. And I think, you know, as the series evolves this year, you'll start seeing quite a lot more collaboration coming um, out of our association and driving a lot more advocacy, thought leadership, not just country specific, but probably cross Southern Hemisphere, cross global challenges and issues as well. Excellent. 
So, Leanne, thank you for that. So if you want to find out more information on uh, the IFPA, I don't, I don't know how you've quite done it, Leanne, but they've managed to get the uh, the, the, the web address, www.freshproduce.com. So just dial up freshproduce.com and you'll be able to engage with the IFPA and all the, the social media. So let's come on to the subject of today, ag tech. Um, Leanne, it's such a fascinating um, area, and I've, I've, and I've said this before in a couple of other broadcasts, in the previous uh, re recession, there was a number of funds that raced into uh, the agricultural sector, seeing this as a safe haven. With this perceived uh, recession that we're, we're going through as we work our way through the, um, uh, the, the pandemic, we're seeing the same thing again, that the funds are coming in to, um, uh, to the agricultural sector, but they're also coming into fresh produce and also coming into ag tech. There's a number of um, uh, very interesting possibilities within this whole, whole field. Leanne, it feels like we need some um, industry experts from ag tech to give us a bit of a steer uh, on this area. What do you think? Yes, I think that might be key, Max. And I, I wonder if we've got some on the broadcast today. <laughs> Gentlemen, <laughs> would you like to all come in so that uh, you, you can join with Le Leanne and I so that we can find out more about the subject of, uh, of ag tech? So what we're just going to do, we're just going to run around um, our three experts just to get an understanding as to who they are and who, who they represent. So in no particular order, Alistair, shall we start with you, please? Uh, who are you? Can you tell us all about your company, please? Good afternoon, Max, and thank you very much for having me on board. Um, I'm an agricultural economist uh, by study and have been in the ag business for the past 20 odd years. I've worked uh, from primary agriculture all the way through to retail marketing, uh, export, imports, and um, have now found myself in a position, uh, an, an executive position with the Kula Group. And uh, under the Kula umbrella, we offer a number of different platforms and tools to agribusiness. And, and uh, the, the three main uh, businesses under Kula, we've got a fresh produce marketplace that is in a closed pilot at the moment. Uh, we've got an input marketplace, uh, which is live and catering to South African farmers and primary producers. Um, and then we've got a funded dashboard where we match uh, social development funding, enterprise development funding uh, with specific uh, farmers within our database. So yeah, that that is me in a nutshell. And if it's okay to, to ask, because it's it's fascinating your career background and have you moved into this uh, software element? Has, has that been an, an interesting and exciting transition uh, for you to go from the fresh produce side into into software? Absolutely. So throughout my career, I've been involved with um, intensive agriculture predominantly. So there has been a lot of computerization, digitization from a production perspective. Um, and as I then progressed and, and got to understand the markets and the value chains, I've been able to identify um, where I can add value uh, in, in real terms through digitization and, and through technology, you know, make finding efficiencies. and. Uh, so although I'm not a, a coder or a developer, um, I'm able to scope and, and design, and, and that's where I fit in with our specific team. Excellent. So it's, it's brilliant to have that specific background expertise that you've got and been able to bring it into your, your world of, of, uh, of software to be able to add value to, to your client base on that, on that, on that basis. Alistair, th thank you. Martin, over to yourself, please. Could you introduce your, your, yourself and your small business? Uh, thank you very much, uh, Max and uh, Leanne. Uh, yes, uh, I think I, I followed a, like the exact opposite path to Alistair. I, I went back up the supply chain. So at the moment, I um, head up the IT department for ZZ2, 
And I'm also the managing director of a, um, a partnering company, software development company called Think Ninjas. Um, and uh, my career started uh, in technology uh, also 20 plus years ago as a developer. And then I worked my way back up the supply chain at ShopRite and um, th uh, those places uh, uh, more into the supply chain space. So uh, going through into uh, secondary distribution route optimization from uh, you know, replenishment and uh, forecasting and have now ended up here as uh, the head of IT, yeah. Excellent. So, and Martin, pos Martin uh, positive about the future with, with AgTech? Very, very much so. I, I also just wanted to give a little introduction for ZZ2 for those who yes, don't know. So uh, obviously ZZ2 is a diversified farming group. I think we're most known for our uh, tomatoes and avocados, uh, but we also um, grow uh, blueberries and cherries apples and pears, onions, and the medjool dates in Namibia. Okay, excellent. Martin, th thank you. Um, and then um, over to uh, to Greg. Uh, Greg, shall I, shall I show off with my background for you? Whilst, uh, whilst you give an introduction on yourself? Sure, Matt. Go, go, Greg. Um, introduce Perfect. yourself and uh, tell us all about Aggregate One, please. Perfect, Max. So um, I grew up on a citrus farm in the Limpopo River Valley. Um, I, I then kind of went to school in Pretoria and then studied at Stellenbosch University. Um, I worked in the logistics industry um, after finishing my studies and we, we looked at kind of the unit economics within the logistics industry. And I started the business to get my dad, who's a farmer, to stop complaining, um, which, which hasn't kind of hasn't worked out just yet, but um, that means we still got a business case. So, so we're a data aggregation business um, and we focus on, on network effects. So we, we work in software as a service, data as a service um, uh, within workflow or administrative tasks. And we look at the automatic automation of, of administrative tasks. So we look at time efficiencies, cost efficiencies and that, and we, we kind of track it from, from your pack house to your destination port. Um, and then we run efficiency models throughout. So we, we, we look for efficiencies through your value chain. Um, you know, we look for kind of overlaying or overhanging um, current structures and, and see if we can make them more efficient for, for our growers and um, wholesale retail and suppliers. Excellent, Greg. Thank, thank you. So, just to to start this off, looking at the, the the post that we put up on our Beanstalk site for the RPA, there's a really interesting quote. I didn't come up with this. I, I plagiarized it. It's often been stated that you only get forty attempts at farming, forty harvests from your twenty to sixties. You only get forty seasons, but in ag tech, you get forty attempts in a week. Um, and this one one thing that we've seen in the in the UK, a bit of a peculiarity that there's an AgTech uh, group here that uh, we, we occasionally host with. Um, four years ago, they did a big um, visit to Canada uh, to look at uh, primary agriculture and also AgTech. And they took over a number of um, AgTech companies to, to meet uh, the, the Canadians. Uh, the Canadian consulate is coming over to, to the UK in our summer, so um, July, August time. And he was very keen to meet those AgTech companies that he met four years ago. But the embarrassment is that all those ag tech companies, very sadly, have, have gone. They've either been bought out or, they, or, or the, the model has failed. So I suppose it's, it's such an interesting space that we've got so many people coming into the sector that we need businesses like all, all of the gentlemen here to really show the light and to prosper. And I suppose, but I suppose that's the, the interesting one as to uh, grow is as to who they should be aligned to, to make sure that they're, they're aligned to for, for, for the future. So on that side, what, 
Jens, what's the current landscape in South Africa on ag tech and digitalization? Alison, let, let's start start with you. It, do, do you see that the ag tech uh, landscape within South Africa is sophisticated, or do you think you're behind some other markets like the, the US and the UK? Alison, what do you think? I think it's a, it's a very broad uh, question. I think that there are definitely some of the bigger players in the industry that have been integrated, have been operating in the space, have invested quite heavily in the space from a primary production perspective. Um, you know, whether it is the digitization of production, looking at vertical farming, that sort of thing, uh, which is completely computerized or coming through in, into more the consumer side of, of, of ag tech and, and looking at the value chain, I think we've got a little bit of everything um, and it's disjointed, I think would be the best uh, and honest answer at this stage. The, the, the integration between parties has not yet started to take place. Alison, yeah. uh, well done. Martin, we're seeing the same thing in the in the UK that a, a conventional um, arable farmer has been inundated with all these data sources that have been presented to them. And the number of farmers I speak to, they wish there was a one up, one app, one amalgamation to get all that data com coming through. Would you agree with the with, with, with Alistair, that it is a bit disjointed in, in that respect? And if, if so, what are the, what's the solution? Yeah, I, I, I would like to agree to, with that. I think um, just in terms of the, uh, the plethora of technology that, that we have all access to, you know, that's actually a, a great thing. Um, and, and the fact that it's so transportable across country boundaries, you know, so you can have the best of what uh, the Israeli tech industry has to offer, the South African tech industry, UK, the US, uh, anywhere in the world. So you are, uh, in a way, overwhelmed with choices. Um, and the challenge would then become to choose things that are long lasting, uh, provide value. I think that's a, that's a big thing. That's something that, uh, that, that uh, is, um, is uh, permanent, is the provision of value and to make sure that you're always adding value to the supply chain, to the growers and to the customers and the, the major players. But it is a, it is a challenge to integrate the technology uh, and also uh, to pick the right things that uh, that you then get value from. Yeah, Master, thank you. And just to say, um, everyone dialed in either on Zoom or LinkedIn on on Facebook. If you've got any questions for our experts or Liam, feel feel free to uh, present them over. Um, Greg, just to pull at that thread um, even more so about the the number of um, potential offers for. Uh, for, for, for growers. I was listening to an article in the UK last night about the number of streaming services uh, that yeah. you have the likes of Netflix, Disney Plus, um, Amazon Prime, um, and a number of other services come, coming in. And that they're, they're competing on, they're sort of being cannibalistic. They're, they're competing for the, for the same market share and the consumer's getting confused. And the commentator uh, I was listening to is saying that what there needs to be is one app that you just can get the best thing from and we're seeing that the same that there was a, that there's a very large North American tech business that's looking to buy up other tech businesses and they want to just create a one-stop solution so that a farmer, whether it be an arable farmer in the UK or a citrus grower in South Africa, can go to them and have a whole suite from accountancy through through to agronomy. Greg, do, do you think that's the that's the way it's going to go? Is it going to continue to be uh, fragmented as, as it is as Alistair and, and Martin have indicated? Matt, I think I think I'll just quickly start on on the current landscape um, and the digitization, um, and then lead into that question. But 
I think, you know, with South Africa kind of infrastructure kind of a bit behind behind the curve, you know, a lot of growers and exporters alike have, have had to adapt technologies quicker than, than other regions where they've been a lot more reliant on, on government infrastructure. So I think from, you know, I, I read a quote the other day, it says it was, um, you know, if plan A fails, at least you, um, it's, yeah, what, there's, you've got plans from A to Z. So if plan A fails, you've got 25 other plans. And I think that that's quite um, unique to, to South African growers too, is, you know, they, they do generally make a plan and, and largely we are seeing a move to, to kind of a tech plan or a digital strategy kind of sophistication over, over kind of the, the current landscape in South Africa. I mean, you know, there's, in, in my mind, there's, you've got a lot of the archaic structures with, with your ETL processing and, you know, you're, you're quite heavily intense, um, heavily intense technologies where in my mind, I, I agree with Martin and Alistair, you could move more to kind of partnership API open source based technologies because where, where we've seen it is what works really well is businesses that, that have core focal points is you can't actually do everything. There's, in agriculture, there's too much flexibility. There's too many moving parts, especially in fresh produce. You know, you, you have to build a system that's highly, highly flexible yet configurable. So, you know, you, I don't think there is someone that can build everything for everyone unless they buy up these businesses that focus on niche parts of, of the ag value chain. So, so in my mind, it's, it's, it's if you do what you do in your space really well, there's, there's larger room for success in it. Um, and, and I think to, to what Martin and Alistair both said is, you know, the, that, that kind of leads into, into your kind of infrastructure play or your IT infrastructure play and then the continuity thereof. So, so yeah, I don't, I do not think that you can kind of have a one size fits all model in, in technology specifically in perishables, not yet. Um, but with technologies in, in 10, 15, 20 years, I'm, I'm sure you can, and I'm sure we'll touch a little bit on kind of blockchain and that a bit later too. Well done. And Greg, just my, my analogy of streaming services and there being too much of an offer for the, for the consumer, do, do, can you see the same happening within fresh produce for, for growers in South Africa or internationally? Will there be too, too, too many um, offers out there? It's just going to be confusing for the, for the grower. Yeah, so I think so. So I think ag tech was the second most funded kind of tech sector last year or during the COVID pandemic. So I think it was it has been health tech, ed tech, and ag tech. And I think you know there are in your streaming kind of example. I think there is a business called Hulu that that is trying to do this in America, where they do combine your Netflix, your Apple, your all of them in one. So you have one login to go look at it. Um, I guess for the content creators, it becomes a bit difficult. So, so the people actually building that technology, and I think it's it's quite similar similar here in, in South Africa. Um, I think I think you can if you find the right partners to work with, and you all have a aligned vision and and kind of a view on your technology and digital strategy. It definitely can happen. Yeah. Um, and and you you kind of pick people in in specific parts of it. You know you. Generally, we refer to things as either on-farm or value chain technologies. If, if you kind of get mixed in the messy middle there in terms of trying to do a bit of on-farm with value chain, you, you often your, your kind of long-term strategy gets a bit mixed up too, in yeah. my mind. Well, well done. So, so 
Martin, um, all the farmers and growers I know, UK internationally wise, ROI, return of investment. Um, do, do you think that the investment that, uh, uh, that growers and farmers are going to put into these systems, um, they are going to get that return of investment? Martin, what do you think? I believe so. If you choose the right technology and it, uh, it provides value, that's why I keep hopping on about the, the providing value, um, um, you know, fundamental. The, 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 the thing that you must provide, and it's like what Greg said now as well, is that uh, you must be very clear in what value you're trying to provide, what problem you're trying to solve, and you must do that the best that you can do. If you try to do everything for everyone, you get to be, you know, too complex where you should be too simple and too simple, you should be complex and you, you end up making um, wrong decisions there. But ultimately, it's, it's, there's a lot of value uh, either on farm or in the value chain uh, to unlock with technology, you know, and to match supply and demand more effectively. Uh, I, I think um, ultimately it's going to boil down to matching supply and demand effectively in terms of the value chain, in terms of provision of water, the allocation of scarce resources, et cetera, the, the big players are going to be matching supply and demand. And, and that choice uh, and the, the burden of belonging to certain value chain uh, services or certain blockchains, uh, th that's the kind of thing that the growers uh, are preparing for, I think, or should be. Excellent. Master, thank you. Um, Alistair, I, I said this quote in the, um, in, in the green room, and I, and I love it, having traveled uh, uh, extensively through South Africa, to me, your growers are some of the most sophisticated uh, growers uh, globally. You export four and a half million tons of fresh produce in a conventional year. You serve three and a half million tons to, to your domestic markets. Um, so you're, you're sort of positively being forced to create uh, great breeding programs and, and great um, supply chain uh, process systems uh, through, throughout your, your, your whole fresh produce sector. On this subject of ag tech, do you think South Africa is behind or ahead, the, ahead of the curve? Um, Alsa, are you behind or ahead of the curve on ag tech? I think in, the, in that space, uh, specifically the export oriented business, we're in line with the rest of the world. I think to some extent we could even be developing ahead of it because we are very, you know, customer focused and customer orientated. The guys are constantly looking at finding efficiencies. How do they build trusts in the South African product and produce? Um, exactly to, to Martin's point, we constantly looking to add value to what we are providing it's not just a commodity it's a service and the digitization and ag tech that is being developed is there to build that trust uh, through better communication through the different tools that are being used uh, in, in that space so whether it's a marketing or a crm sort of you know digitization tool talking about the logistics and the possible hurdles that is something that that sector of our industry definitely is I think on par, if not leading. Excellent. Uh, so I think you're being a bit modest. I, I, I think you're ahead of the curve, but that's just 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 uh, my view. Um, Greg, there's a, there's a saying in media that you should create the conversation, not be part of the conversation, especially with uh, with with ag tech. Presumably, this is the same with the, the likes of your business, Aggregate One. You've got to be um, created the conversation. You've got to be ahead of the curve. What's your view? Are, is South Africa as a whole ahead of the curve on this uh, ag tech subject? Um, yeah, I, I think I think quite similar to Alistair, I think we we kind of ahead behind the curve. Um, so in in many aspects, we are ahead of the curve. Like I said, is because people have had to make plans and you know not rely on on certain infrastructure. I mean, I'm sure you've all seen, you know, with the infrastructure in Durban Port, um, you know, the amount of produce in the ground and and the kind of our road networks and the amount 
tracks needed and that. So, you know, guys have been making plans for, for years already. I think, you know, going into our, our pack house systems and some of the IoT measurements on farms, you know, our pack house systems are, are generally, I think, ahead of the curve. I mean, we've looked at some stuff outside of South Africa now and, and generally our pack house systems and smart sorting systems and that are, are, are generally ahead of the curve. I do think um, in line with, with what you just said about, you know, starting to, to kind of drive the change and the movement is exactly what you got to be part of. You, you got to go be, be, you know, driving some of the, these um, company forums or, or industry forums in, in new ways of thinking in different ways of doing it in using technology in advancement. So, you know, advancing yourself through better technology, smarter technologies, consolidation of data, consolidation of data sources, better planning, all of that. And I think I think we are definitely moving that way in terms of being ahead of the curve. But, you know, again, if, if you keep operating completely in isolation, you know, you, you'll think you're ahead of the curve in, in these kind of isolated balls, but you, you're kind of ahead of the curve in your own game. So you're not ahead of the curve in, in, in entirety where, you know, South African produce should be viewed as, as, a, as a single product itself it, it, when, when you view it as an export product. Um, and how do you work together to get ahead of your, your kind of competitive markets outside of SA? Yeah, well, well, well done. Leanne and I would, would be able to reminisce over our history in this, this sector. Um, individuals who stated to, to us both that uh, we're the best at what we do within fresh produce and those businesses have gone uh, 10 15 years ago just because they got got complacent um, and I, I do find that some of the better businesses i come across uh, that they're worried they're worried about the future and because they're worried about the future they actually do something something about it and create that change um, martin there will be challenges and, and you've all intimated about the likes of the infrastructure within within uh, south africa what are the challenges martin that you see within ag tech within south africa and if i could give you the proverbial magic wand um how would you uh, eliminate those challenges i uh, i just i just want to quickly um uh, agree with uh, with greg there i i think uh, the the challenges that we face uh, um and i kind of answer your question as well is i see it as the necessity is the mother of invention you know so those challenges that that one faces, you have to turn into um, into opportunities. Uh, and I know it's flippant to say that, but um, some of the challenges we face in terms of, say, connectivity, uh, other other countries don't necessarily face those same challenges, and it forces us to make systems that are uh, offline tolerant, resilient. And and some other countries face those same challenges, and it makes it more competitive to um, to for the South African ag tech industry to sell its products overseas. Uh, in, in other places that have similar uh, similar challenges. And uh, I, I think the, the beauty of, of what we have is we, we are resilient and um, responsive in how we uh, make use of technology. And if one follows a best of breed approach, you get the best pack line that you then hook up to the best pack house system for that, uh, for that pack house. And you make these good combinations of things. And, and therein is the, is the opportunity, the integration opportunity. So um, it allows us to follow this best of breed approach because we see these things as individual uh, individual components that that make up uh, greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah, well done, Alice. Would be interested, fascinated to hear your view of um, in, in that from the supply side to to where you, you are currently. You you'll have a better under, understanding <laughs> as to what the um, supply chain um, issues are. What 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 are the challenges that you see from a supply perspective and a software perspective? What are the challenges that you see, please, Alistair? Well, um, I think again that there are a number of different tools out there, and for 
a smaller scale farmer, it's very difficult or producer to, to identify what is going to be the best fit. Um, and, and I think exactly to the points that have been made, it's, it's about in the digital world, it's about is, is what you are going to apply scalable? Um, is it going to integrate with other systems? You, you can't be sitting with a, a payroll system that doesn't talk to your financial system, that doesn't talk to your quality management system. Um, because you're just going to run out of time. You need to be able to find something that's going to be a best fit uh, across those points. Um, you know, from an internal perspective, we've got major challenges just with government-supported infrastructures. We've got you know data, cell phone signal, things like that, electricity, uh, all of those sort of things that are on the ground, very real operational headaches that come into this digital space. Because if you're expecting somebody to climb on an app or on a web-based product and, and they haven't got electricity, they cannot communicate. Yeah. Um, and that all impacts on your value chain. So yeah, I hope I've answered your question in that space, but uh, those are some of the, the challenges that we're having to design for from a tech perspective to make sure that we can still offer value to our user base. Um, Alice, it's, it's uh, very interesting what you say about mobile signal. Uh, we sometimes say that in South Africa, you have far better mobile signal than we do in the, in, in the UK. Uh, you, you must come over and experience and I'm sure uh, Greg, Greg will be able to um, re reiterate that. Um, and also, I'm not being flippant. Um, the, on, on the, 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 there's, there's always a, a positive from a negative. This issue about the, the internet, you look at what Elon Musk is doing um, and his little mini satellites and the progress that's been made there, um, you, would, you would assume that in a relatively short period of time that there will be that connectivity on, on a global basis. And that's going to be a, a boom to you all, I suspect. Um, Greg, um, I'm going to put you on, on the spot on that one. Do you know anything ab um, about that and about how the, the, the likes of that connectivity is going to be made better in South Africa? Look, I generally do follow the boring company and, and Elon's crazy ideas, and, and some of them I buy into, and, and some of them are far-fetched. Um, I'm sure some of the team that sit here with me also believe that I've, I've got a few kind of blue sky ideas that are, that are kind of unachievable, but they're unachievable until achieved, right? So I think, I think yeah, so I do think connectivity is a big issue. I mean, I, I drove from Limpopo this morning, and, and, you know, the phone cut out probably five, 10 times just on, on that drive alone. So there are connectivity issues, but I do think with the likes of, of kind of satellite technology, further reaching technology, exactly what Martin said earlier is guys plan for it better too. You know, your, your, your system becomes more robust, you plan for it. So as connectivity actually improves, you've already planned for the worst basically. So, so I, do, I do believe that there is gonna be a space for, for kind of these new, technologies and specifically um specifically the the likes of kind of satellites and and you know i, I i'll chat about it a bit later in terms of where i see the industry in 2050 but um yeah i i do i, I definitely do think these are the types of things that can drive the industry forward okay so so you're positive so it's a, it's a bit like the electric car scenario. The, the, the problem with electric cars is the lack of the battery life. But the, there is a, enough research being shown that within five, 10 years, crikey, even the growers dialed in, they might actually have um, uh, tractors being, being run on, uh, on battery power because the technology is there. So, it's a, Greg, you're, you're positive that there will be other solutions coming down the line. I am. I am. I mean, we've, we've been yeah, operating for, for 
four years technically, but three years operationally. And, um, you know, they've, we've, we've started with growers that, that were very kind of still land-based and, and, you know, plug-in internet that with no Wi-Fi. And, you know, three years down the line, they, they Wi-Fi, they're running quite kind of advanced networks and things like that. So I am advanced in, in the last three years, we've seen the change. So, I mean, with the kind of the way the world's going, you know, in the next five years and, and especially what's happened in the past, you know, two years with COVID, it's, it has highlighted a need for, for kind of technology and, and, and kind of, you know, advancement in, in that space. I, I think better connectivity. I mean, we, we basically moved to a virtual world. I mean, if you want to start talking about the metaverse, uh, I, I guess, you know, we could, we could eventually go shopping on a, on a pack house floor, right. With our VR goggles. So yeah, I, I do think like there's always scope for these type of things. Yeah, and, and just an interesting one on the VR um, uh, side side of things. That's a, a contact of mine actually from South Africa three years ago. Went to to a tech conference in uh, Las Vegas, and virtual headsets were going to be the thing three years ago. And as we got into the pandemic, and we all got onto the Zoom squares of death or Teams squares of death, um, I thought virtual rea reality headsets were going to roar in. But then there's a problem with them uh, that I'd never um, assumed, thought of before. That you can't write anything down when you've got a virtual reality headset on. And a lot of people get motion sickness um, with, with them as well. So they're so they're not yeah. taking off as, uh, as we as we thought they would be. So, again, it's fascinating that tech element as, as, as to how they occasionally come across that stumbling box. And talking talk to stumbling box and, and Alistair will, will relate to this. I've, I've also had a frustration within the fresh produce sector that I think all of the growers um, globally, they do such a fantastic job and they grow such amazing product but they don't get paid, they don't get rewarded enough by, by the retailers on a, on a global basis in comparison to a branded uh, good, in comparison to a, uh, say, um, a sugary soft drink where they can get uh, double digit margins. And as we know within our sector, we're seeing single digit margins. And so it always comes down to the same thing. If we can't get more from the retailer, there's so much profitability potentially held up within, within the supply chain. So again, it comes over to, um, to, to ag tech. So within South Africa, how can ag tech make us more, uh, more efficient and more competitive in the local and the international markets? Alistair, what do you think? Um, so in the space we're working in, uh, a simple and easy place to start really is empowerment of our user base for farmers, uh, just through sharing um, data, just through sharing information on price uh, and price points and market trends and that sort of stuff sharing uh, information about um, the, the barriers to entry, or perceived barriers to entry, uh, to be able to compete in, in a formalized market environment. That, that sort of thing at the moment uh, for a smaller or emerging farmer is a little bit of a mystery. It's not easily sought out and found. It's not uh, well communicated. And so I feel the tech can, for a start, just help with transparent education within the marketplace. Um, as you obviously get to more competitive commercial farmers, um, you're now moving into that marketing um, aspect and you can then share data and, and you can start to populate and share data that they can use specifically to manage their basket and their different marketplaces. Um, there's obviously massive um, logistics efficiencies um, and, and traceability efficiencies that are being brought through. Uh, by ourselves as well as uh, other people in the forum today. Um, and so I think that there are a number of very key um, value propositions that are easily identifiable from a digital and tech perspective throughout the value chain from a 
primary agriculture perspective all the way through. Um, yeah. Alistair, thank you. Martin, your, your thoughts? How, how can it make us more efficient and competitive in the South African markets? I think that um, uh, that uh, AgTech is is really prime uh, primarily positioned to to provide that kind of value. Um, uh, you know, if you look ahead, I think the what COVID and stuff has done for us, it's, it's forced people to rethink. You know, where they get their product from, uh, how they source it, how it's treated, uh, and those all opportunities. I mean, they are um, they are compliance, uh, and it is a it, I would say a burden of compliance, but there is a there's a requirement of compliance with those things, but there, in there is an opportunity to know your business better and to um, and to work more efficiently. Uh, and then also with the multiple supply chains or sales paths uh, or value chains for your product to the market, uh, there's again an opportunity to let the free market system um, do its thing and provide value to the consumer and to the grower and all the, the players in between. So. It's a, it's a really a big opportunity to be able to connect supply and demand uh, very efficiently and effectively in the, the most um, economical way and most balanced way. Martin, thank uh, you. And, and Craig, do, do you see that it's going to make you more efficient and competitive? And just to give you a bit of a segue there, one thing that we're seeing in other markets is the generational change, that especially with a, within a family unit, that the uh, the father wasn't that keen on adopting this technology, but as the as the as the as the younger family have come in, they've been very keen to 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 adopt it. Greg, your views? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, I think from as Martin referenced supply and demand earlier, and I think kind of everything leads back to supply and demand. And you know, it's it's balancing the markets, not only not only the pure supply and demand from the fruit side, but the pure supply and demand for the need for visibility these days. Um, you know, if, if you look at the, the kind of advancement of WhatsApp over the last five years in terms of what the functionality, just everyone uses WhatsApp, the functionality thereof, you know, it's 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 a similar movement in, in other industries that have kind of historically not adopted technology as quickly. But, you know, once that adoption rate starts picking up and, and the younger generation are around, I mean, but you'll be surprised at, at, a, at the older generation that are, are keen now for tech too. So, because ah. they also don't want to be left behind. But, um, you know, it's, it, you know, the different parts of the, of the technology um, appeal to your, your different generations in the business too. Um, you know, whereas we're seeing like with the older generations, your practicality around the technology is a lot more kind of hits home a bit harder, whereas your younger generations are, are more in line with, you know, what algorithms are you building, what kind of data are you using, where are you housing the data, that type of thing. So it's it's more in depth, you know. So yeah, I, I definitely think kind of technology is is starting to to take off quite quite heavily in South Africa. And and you know, I look forward to to seeing the likes of Kula and and what ZZ2 and them are doing over the next couple of years. I, I've been I've, I've known Alistair for a while now and, and I get really excited at some of the stuff they're working on. So, yeah. I, I love this example that's in the year 2000 um, in the UK, our, our main uh, farming magazine ran a survey to see what everyone thought was the most important piece of farm equipment over the last 50 years. So this was in 2000. And uh, did they go for combine? Did they go for tractor? No, they went for the mobile phone as the most important piece of farm machinery on the farm. And Greg, when you said WhatsApp, um, it, probably if we did the survey today, a lot of people would say the most important thing on our farm and growing perspective is, is WhatsApp because of the communication. But you can see that in another five years, when um, the ag tech is 
sorted out on a, on a growing farming perspective in South Africa, um, it's, it's very likely to be a platform and ho hopefully one of the ones uh, that, that we've got re represented today. So no, I think it's really, really exciting. And just on, on that basis, it'd be fascinating to get some real life examples of the innovations that, that you're all, all seeing um, locally and also what sort of challenges that they're, they're, they're solving. Um, Martin, have you seen um, any innovations that you could give examples of, of, of us so that we can get, get, a, get an awareness of, please? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of innovation in the IoT space, especially. I mean, you know, if we look at the, the fourth industrial revolution, it's really here and it's, um, it's alive and well and it's uh, changing the world as we know it. So in the IoT space, in terms of uh, sensors in the ground, uh, you know, measuring uh, every aspect of the, of the plant, uh, in terms of uh, controlling water and uh, again, you know, I, I, that's a universal theme is matching supply and demand. So matching the demand of the tree with scarce resources of water uh, and then um, efficient, efficiently using those. In the supply chain space, I think pack house systems uh, like Greg and, and I think Alistair have said, there's, there's a lot of interesting work being done there. Um, and it's, it's driven by, by international requirements as well as uh, the fact that it's just good for business and, and good uh, for, for local, local sales as well. So a lot of traceability that you need to kind of comply with. Um, I think in terms of, uh, you know, um, practical technology, scouting apps, uh, you know, we've done some interesting work, especially around scouting apps and the uh, ability to kind of, um, you know, make it accessible for people to use uh, who are, are not always, um, uh, you know, it's not always as accessible if it comes from an international source and it assumes a certain uh, um, language or it assumes a certain level of education, etc. So, uh, I think around those things, there's there's a lot of value that's being created, and along with uh, what Alice and Greg are doing in the supply chain space, yeah. there's also companies like Agri Technovation who are, are bringing a lot of like innovation to uh, soil classifications and understanding, you know, where you're farming and should you be farming there and where you're planting and making the best decisions around those things. That's not really visible, you know. It's it's um, it's uh, hidden below the surface of the of the earth. Uh, so that's uh, that's a lot of a lot of cool stuff, and I think the last thing I want to mention is maybe remote sensing. Uh, we've got things like aerobotics that uh, that uh, is a great South African startup, uh, and then also uh, um, satellite imagery and and uh, the, the accessibility of that on any point in the globe to be able to see uh, what's happening with your with your fields uh, on a longer term uh, interval, but uh, still very detailed and very accurate. Yeah, that uh, we're, we're working with a UK example at the moment that's looking to go international of, of probes that go into the, into the ground and monitor not not only um, soil fertility but uh, but moisture and also uh, potentially any any plant issues and they'll communicate back to the mothership on an automated um, basis. And I remember, crikey, 20, 30 years ago when I was working on cotton in Australia, utilizing neutron probes to to measure um, water moisture and how that technology is um, is ramping on. I get, I get more excited the more I think about it. Um, Alistair, local innovations that you're seeing, please. So I think uh, one of the things that we're doing is looking at uh, the fintech side of, of the digitization and what we're doing, making the actual trader safe uh, yeah, well for both the farmer and the buyer, especially people that haven't engaged previously, knowing that for all intents and purposes, the money is good. You know, you can pack a product and send it. We're dealing with, uh, you know, a vast and expansive country, as Greg has explained with his travels today. Um, and, and you sit as a farmer already having taken 90 to 120 days minimum of risk just to grow a product, you pack it and send it to someone hoping that they're going to put the money in the bank. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a lot of room yeah. for development and, and we are implementing that from our perspective at Kula um, to, to try and make sure that that trade is as safe as it possibly can be through using uh, different uh, yeah, fintech products. Yeah, well done. Great, great example because I was majoring on the soil, but actually the, the transactional um, uh, Process is also just equally as important because if you, as you, as for example, if you're shipping product halfway around the world and not getting paid for it, you got you got a bit a bit of a bit of an issue. Um, Greg, what about you? What what local innovations are you seeing on the ground, please? So I, I think Max, one of the things I've, I mentioned earlier is is the kind of unpredictability of the perishable market, and I think what we're seeing is is like these unique data ingestion models that are, are catering for for like assumptions that that could happen in in the south african market i mean last year we had looting we had ransomware strikes yeah. you know generally there's every year there's a truck strike on the n3 at the moy river plaza and it's it's all like in my mind i'm seeing like a movement to these kind of predictability models through data ingestion i mean you know and then overlaying that with you know dam levels weather kind of prediction and that to understand when that crop's ready are you going to be transporting it in those two weeks when when generally that disruption happens so so where i'm seeing a, a kind of a lot of kind of movement in in the ag space too um is is around predictability and and looking forward into the models so so using historical data sets and and again the the models are only as good as as the data you can collect from from previous years and and so your your kind of your your fruition of this product only gets better over time and we're seeing a lot of that starting to happen you know that the kind of predictability models but then how your kind of your farm tech um de devices as well as technologies have a direct relation to your your value chain technologies um and i think martin alluded to it earlier as in how do you or, or alistair how do you then tie those two to kind of technologies together to, to enhance decision-making, to enhance visibility, to enhance trust throughout the value chain. And, and we're seeing a lot of that movement in the market at the moment. Yeah. Well, well done. And um, gents and, and Leanne, uh, people, uh, the only way that the ag tech sector in South Africa is going to prosper is by finding uh, the, the, the brightest individuals, whether they be young or old, but to come into the sector and to be excited about it. Just want to give you a direct example within the within the UK. It was a very large estate uh, near us, um, farming estate, and they were uh, looking to um, advertise for a um, tractor driver. And this tractor driver had to look after, I have to go to Sterling, quarter of a million pounds worth of, uh, of kit. So this is a sophisticated tractor, sat nav, um, it's, a, it's a planting rig, it's a plowing rig. So there's a lot of um, software electronics on this and they couldn't find um, an individual for love or money. So the uh, the farm manager uh, um, actually spun it around and advertised for a software engineer. And he got half a dozen people coming in uh, because they're intrigued. And then when they were shown the kit and shown that the office was actually this big green tractor costing a quarter of a million pounds, um, the, the, the preferred individual got the job and he's been there for five years now and is absolutely uh, loving it. So they had to sort of put a twist on it to get people in. How can we attract more people into the ag tech sector in, in South Africa, whether they be young or old? But what, what do we need to tell them? How can we get them excited about coming to, in, into ag tech? Martin, what do you think? I think you know that story that you said there. Like it, it, it's it's awareness. You know, it's it's things like this that uh, that helps people to understand that what it's about, 
And uh, I think uh, it's, a, it's a virtuous industry to be part of. Uh, uh, you know, so I never dreamt I'd be part of the industry when I started out my career. But uh, the more you go along, the, the, the fact that, that there's so many advances, and like Greg alluded to it in terms of the investment in ag tech, there's also the practical side, the actual farmers, the growers themselves. It's, a, it's an exciting, exciting industry to be part of. It's virtuous. Uh, it's innovative. It's growing. Uh, I also want to kind of um, second what Greg is saying. It's, it's not just young people who, who are excited about ag tech. It's everyone who can see the value of it. You know? So I think it's awareness and it's um, this resurgence in healthy, uh, healthy lifestyle, healthy focus. Uh, and people want to be part of that. And, and it, it, uh, it's so functionally diverse, you know, that it's from, um, from logistics, supply chain, tech, uh, the actual growth themselves, uh, agronomy services, et cetera. It's, it's so functionally diverse. There's, yeah. there's almost a, a place for everyone uh, in, the, in the ag industry. Fantastic. Uh, Alistair, how can we attract more people into ag tech? So I think uh, I'm always very... Uh, uh, vocal with my team where I explained to them that we're in the tech space and we're offering a service to agriculture. Um, and I think that that is quite a big differentiation. You know, um, the, what, what you're explaining to me resonates far more in, in agriculture that young people are not necessarily attracted to it. Whereas the, the tech space, um, we've got the most wonderful team of young, diverse, highly skilled developers, uh, you know, IT guys, that really are super passionate about getting involved in agriculture. Um, and so I'm not seeing that it's a, that it's a hurdle from that perspective. I think the, the hurdle possibly is more on the ag side. Um, and I think that uh, as long as we've got a value proposition that is easy to distinguish, like WhatsApp is for everybody, um, it's not gonna be a massive challenge to pull people into the space from an ag perspective as well. Yeah, and if, you, if everyone, if you look at Alice's uh, website, it looks a very fun and enjoyable place to, to, to work out. So I definitely endorse having a look at, look at Alice's uh, website. So Greg, are you worried about attracting talent into, into the sector, into your own business? Um, no, I, I think I agree with, with Alistair here and, and Martin too, is, is I think, you know, from, from our side is, is um, agriculture's, pretty inherent in in South Africa or, or kind of sub-Saharan Africa you know so a lot of people you know other than kind of growing up within the city limits you know there's there's a lot of agricultural land not far from from these general kind of suburbia so there, there's this inherent nature within in my mind within South Africans and and broader that that kind of have this like deep connection to to the soil so I think you know it's 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 also about how you kind of position it. Like Alistair said, they're a technology business that deals in agriculture. Whereas, you know, we also pride ourselves on being true to our roots. You know, one of the things we love is you you the the people you work with in the industry, the relationships, the the value of trust and and kind of and and the the emphasis they place on relationships and the type of people they are. You know, it's a lot of salt of the earth type of people yeah. with very long-term views you can't be short-term in agriculture you can't think you're going to plant a tree tomorrow and and in a few months time you, you're making these big profits and and you know you're living a good life it's, it's not like that at all i mean seven years break even nine years on some crops so yeah. so it's it's that type of culture that that is with that that's kind of getting ingrained and i think you know there is there's this, also this move to kind of more inclusivity within the ag space you know so 
be it gender, be it race. And, and there is a big, big drive from specific, specific companies to, to do that now. And, and I think that's kind of creating this talent pool and widening the talent pool here in South Africa. I mean, a lot of 70% of our team are farmers' children or have some kind of link to agriculture or obsessed with agricultural food systems and that. So, and I think like there's, there's enough people out there that, that are, are keen to get more into to ag, ag tech, that side of things. Greg, well done. And we have a lot of international students dialed in. And, and the bit I always want to emphasise is that the uh, the fresh produce sector, the horticultural sector, the floral sector is, is a global community. So you can work in South Africa or South America or North America or Australia. You don't have to be fishing and hold to, to one particular area there's so much to, to see so come on gents i'm going to give you the i'm going to give you the the, the big one we want you to predict the future we're going to uh, leanne and i are going to date stamp stamp this so if um if you had uh, the proverbial crystal ball what is this industry of ag tech going to look like or oh, let's pick a number um say by 2050 what, what's the sector going to, going to look like come on Alistair, take us away I think to start with, as Greg says, we're still going to be harvesting from the plants and the trees possibly that are, that are being picked uh, and planted now. Um, and so there is a, a very you know, real significance to that. I think that we are going to see uh, a lot more open source engagement. I think there could be a possibility for engagement in the open market uh, environment. For, for blockchain if it can prove its value. Yeah. Um, and I think one needs to interrogate that from a, from a sustainability perspective, you know, because we're working with nature at the end of the day. So one really needs to look at it holistically. Um, I think that uh, we are going to see consolidation from an international perspective. We're going to be engaging even closer with our international markets and be part of international teams. I, I think that's going to be a major differentiator is that, you know, the global, Globalization is going to continue in this digital space. Um, and data is going to be shared and we're going to be able to make much quicker decisions and build stronger and, and better relationships. And I think that that is super, super exciting to be able to, to move into that space. Asa, thank you. Martin, come on. Here's your crystal ball. What, what do you predict? What do you see? I, yeah, I, I agree with, uh, with what Alistair is saying. Um, I think we're going to see, in, in, especially in the on the boots on the ground uh, agriculture space, we're going to see uh, digital twins of the plants. So uh, IoT will, will um, almost, it's going to be like, you'll be able to see almost every single plant as an individual, potentially in the future, you'll be able to match the supply and demand needs of each plant. Um, and then also uh, in terms of humans, yeah, I think you'll always have people involved in the process, but you'll um, progressively add what I call an exoskeleton of awesome around people, you know, like awareness, augmented reality, uh, those kind of things will, will play a, 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 almost like a routine role in uh, both in the field and in the back house and along the value chain. Uh, I think that, um, that uh, those things will, will, will make massive differences. You'll be able to treat almost every plant as an individual. Uh, and uh, then also in the supply chain space, you will have a, a, like a, a variety of ways to sell your products as a grower and, uh, and consumers will have a lot of choice around it. There'll be a lot of traceability. Uh, like Alistair is saying, uh, if, blockchain, um, if blockchain and the, what's it, the chain of providence uh, you know, will become more and more important and you'll be able to tell exactly how your product was treated uh, in more and more detail with more and more assurance that it's actually the case. So uh, I, think, um, I think a lot of the elements that we're seeing will extend into the eventual 
um, ultimate evolution, you know. So all the things we're seeing in the fourth industrial revolution uh, with regards to machine learning, uh, um, you know, kind of being very responsive and reactive to the plant's needs uh, in terms of uh, pests and um, in terms of uh, plant needs, nutritional needs, et cetera, that, that'll just amplify and become commonplace uh, uh, throughout, throughout the, the operations of each business, I think. Master, well, well done. I remember going to a lecture three years ago and it was the CEO of the Compass uh, Food Service Group who've got multiple sites uh, internationally and he was predicting the, the future because he was asked this question and uh, he was stating about his granddaughter by the age of, uh, by, by the time of 2050, she'd be whatever, 2021, 20, and she would be on her running machine with a pair of glasses on um, and she'd be choosing her uh, evening meal as she was uh, running on the treadmill and be choosing the fruit salad that she, she would want and would be selecting the fruit where it's come from from and looking at the, 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 the backstories to how the fruit was generated and how well the growers were being treated, not only um, in the respect of uh, um, on, on the land, but by, by, by the retailers so she could make her, her decision. So that, that's absolutely falling in place with, the, with what, what you're stating. So come on, Greg, let, let's get out your crystal ball and get, give, give it a, a, good, a good polish. What, what are you predicting, please? Oh, Greg, just unmute yourself. Yeah, so so kind of 3D printing of produce in store. So going in there and ordering the, the variety, color, sugar level that you want your fruit. So I think a lot of, I agree with Alistair, there's a big move to sustainability. So tracking consumerism trends, um, understanding what Sally wants in London, in a store in Hyde Park is very different to what Jimmy wants in California and understanding that um, so consumerism patterns, understanding, you know, the, the need to, to track, obviously, your carbon footprint, your carbon credits. So bringing that in. So when you do go to a store, you know, I mean, you've already got these Amazon freshers and these self-checkout stores where you, where you don't even have to you just pick up the produce and walk out. But it's going to go one step further. It's going to go, you know, as you said, is, is you'll know beforehand, you can go and look at the carbon credit to get that orange to to a store in the UK. You can see what the farm working conditions looked like. You can see the chemical usage. You can see pictures and imagery of, of where it came from. Um, and then I, I think where, where I'm going from our side is, is we're looking at automation of trade. So how do you automate trade um, with little to no input from, from single data sources? So how do you how do you use disparate data sources to, to progress a trade, but through automation? So you know, very low, low human touch, that type of thing. And then I think we will see a big move to near sourcing um, as, as more in developed world. So near sourcing, you know, smart agriculture, smart farms, um, where guys are looking for low carbon credit. But again, a lot of these smart farms technology still has a way to go because there's a massive carbon footprint for smart farming and, and water usage and that. So there's a lot of technology that will still go into that. And, and that's kind of where, where I see it. And then, you know, by 2050, you know, are we talking about Southern Earth or are we talking about Mars? Um, because then I, I do believe that, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll probably be able to, to buy a variety or a tree that you could plant yourself and grow your own produce and then, you know, kind of mix it up or graft it with a different commodity so you could grow grapes oranges all on the same same produce i mean i don't know where we're heading so so that's what great, I like. great. Well, well done what, what a masterclass so just as we're we're running out of time so the future is bright for south african fresh produce uh, especially so if they're aligned to ag tech the, cor the correct ag tech for, for for their systems would that be correct martin 100 100 
the adoption of, of ag tech and the, the, the use of it, I think it's a mindset and uh, um, it's bright. The future is very bright for agriculture. Alistair? Yeah, I can only second that. I think that, uh, you know, we're, we're all uh, very passionate about it. I don't think we're going anywhere. We, we want to continue to deliver to the rest of the world the very top, top best you know, possible product um, and share the story. I think that, that is a large part of this as well. The digitization can share that story. Um, and so looking forward to being yeah, an active role player in the space. Excellent. And, and, and Greg, Greg is not only uh, jumping for the stars, he's looking to get to Mars to plant grapes. So, so, so you, Greg, you're, you're positive about the future in the respect to South Africa fresh produce being aligned to the right ag tech processor systems. Yeah, I, I, th I think it's very bright. I think, you know, South Africans are, as I said, very unique and, and there's a lot of inherent agriculture in, in all of us. And, um, you know, we, we go get as we make plans. We, and and I, I think, you know, just looking around the table with the likes of your Martins, your Alistairs and what they're doing at their respective businesses, it's extremely bright. Yeah, well done. Um, Leanne, um, come on, you, you, you tell us if you've, you've been watching and listening and, and fielding some of the comments that are coming, coming from, from afar. Um, do you think this is a bright space? Do you think this is a, a bright space for, for ag tech in uh, South, South Africa? Yeah, absolutely, Max. I think, you know, if you look at the, the talent that we have, if you look at um, the innovations that's coming out of South Africa, and I think a lot of that driven by necessity, you know, we have such a... Um, diverse supply base from having, you know, your mega commercial farmers to your smallholder farmers. We have an infrastructure challenge, um, but we are one of the, the, the global producers in the world. So I think um, our country is there. We're developing the, the, the innovations, we're developing the tech. Um, and I think um, if you look at the, the next generation of, of people coming through into the businesses, they all knew they bursting with new ideas and it definitely is a, a space which is going to grow and get more sophisticated and get more, more just tech-led. I think both from the sort of digitization side, but from the biotech side as well. Excellent. And I've just had a WhatsApp. Could, could all of the expert speakers uh, just shout out the, the website so that I could have a look at them? Uh, Martin, you, you go first. How, how can we find out more about ZZ2, please? I can go to zz2.co.za, um, uh, thinkninjas.co.za, uh, freshlink.co.za. Uh, those are pretty much uh, some of our, um, our websites, URLs. Excellent. Alistair? It's Kula, K-H-U-L-A dot Well, well done. And uh, Greg? Uh, Aggregate1.com. Excellent. And uh, we, uh, Leanne will remember this. We, we had a, um, a UK MD who was trying to bid for uh, the lovely branded uh, tops for, from, a, from a previous speaker. And he's been on again. And, and sorry, Martin, you don't have a branded top on. But Alison and Greg, if you'd be happy to sell your tops, he's happy to um, he's, he's happy to buy them for 500 US a piece. If you say that the Lions are the best rugby team in the world. Alistair? I've never heard of them. <laughs> Good so, Greg? I'm not, no, I'm not going to say that. Uh, <laughs> today. Well done. Uh, Leanne, are there any events in the short term in Southern Africa that we should be made aware of, please? Um, we've got a couple of things. We've got an um, event coming up in May, a Fresh Solutions event. Um, we just ran one last week, which was great for our members um, here in South Africa. 
We have um, a couple of events around Fruit Logistica. Um, we have an executive summit where we're getting our members together to really shape some of the activities we'd be running, we're running as an association. So we'd love to have input from the industry there. So reach out to me if you'd like to be part of that, shaping the industry and the role associations can play. Um, so watch your space. We're busy this year. We're out of lockdown. We're meeting, we're gathering, we're connecting. Yes, look forward to seeing you all shortly in that in real life. Uh, so Leanne and your fantastic team at the IFPA in Southern Africa, Thank you. Um, thank you very much, Martin. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you very much, Alistair. Dial in to all of their social media to follow them ongoing. Another fascinating broadcast with them, with Leanne and the team. Everyone, thank you very much. Keep safe and we'll see you at the next one. Thank, thank you, Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye -bye.